and welcome to Diary of an Overcomer, the podcast that takes a look at the issues of addiction, domestic violence, and homelessness through the stories of women who have overcome them. Each episode, we highlight one issue and share a story of an overcomer, discussing the common questions people have and the possible solutions that are out there. I'm your host, Jen Harp, along with my co-host, Carol Patterson, the CEO of Shepherd's Gate, a nonprofit that helps women and children escape the cycles of addiction, homelessness, and abuse. Between the two of us, we have over 45 years' experience working with people who have struggled in these areas, and we both share a deep desire to help people overcome. So thank you for listening, and let's get started. Welcome to Diary of an Overcomer. It's your friends, Carol and Jen here, and we are so happy to be back with y'all. I must say today, though, our topic is a little overwhelming. I mean, we have discussed hard topics from domestic violence and homelessness to drug addiction, and we even have a podcast episode about fentanyl, which we have been hearing so much about on the news as it spreads throughout this country, causing record overdoses. And if that wasn't bad enough, now drug traffickers and suppliers have added xylazine, an animal tranquilizer known as Trank, to fentanyl to make a drug cocktail where the high is more powerful and the drug combo is more addictive, which means in the end, it's harder to get free from. The effects of this drug combination are extreme, and you may have seen the video footage of people on it walking and acting like zombies but it is also literally causing their flesh to rot off of them. And many are losing limbs. Carol, can you tell us what you know about this drug? Well, when I heard about this, I said, you know, we need to extend our information about fentanyl because this is the next step. Um, And a lot of people are not familiar with this drug And that's why we wanted to do this podcast, even though we've done one on fentanyl, this takes it to a whole new level. And we want people to be aware of this because it is reaching across America uh, so quickly. That is why I, I brought this topic up for us to discuss. And I feel like um, parents don't know enough. So I'm hoping that we bring a little education to everyone today because this is what we're seeing. And I am seeing more women suffering from addiction to pure fentanyl. And pure fentanyl is really hard to to know that you're buying pure fentanyl, that it's being mixed with other substances that make it cheaper for the drug uh, cartel to manufacture. And so they're adding additives like Trank to make it cheaper to get it on the streets. That is why I wanted to talk about this today. Drug addiction has been a problem that this ha- country has had to deal with. I was looking at some of the numbers of the overdose, overdose crisis over the past two decades, cocaine from 2000 in the early 2000s to prescription opioids from 2007 to 2013, we saw a lot of heroin overdoses in 2014 and 15, and then fentanyl from 2016 on to today. You know, they break it up between East Coast, Midwest, and the West Coast. And for the East Coast, it's up a thousand percent, causing overdose deaths by a thousand percent. Right. So it's a huge 
issue. And the numbers were already skyrocketing with overdoses from fentanyl. Now put, put Trank on top of it, it's going to quickly take people's lives. Because right. as you know, Jen, what was alarming. So Trank is not an opiate. That means that Narcan to uh, reverse the uh, side effects, the overdose, doesn't work on Trank. Right. And so you could be seeing somebody that falls from a fentanyl, thinking that it's a fentanyl overdose and it's an overdose from Trank. Now, because the drug uh, cartel mixes the substances, you would still want to try Narcan if you have it available, but always be calling 911 as quickly as possible to assist in someone that has been overcome by drugs. Right. Narcan being the, being an injection that you give somebody if they're overdosing on an opioid and Correct. like Carol said, this is not an opioid, so Narcan does not work with it. But and mom or dad can't even tell right. what their child has taken or their sister or brother or their mother or father. Right. This tranquilizer has been used by vets since the 1960s, I think. And so it's this is not something new. It's a combination of these two drugs together. And of course you know, drug suppliers and traffickers are not looking at ways to really give their people a better high. They're looking to give them a more powerful high for less money and keep them addicted. So they want to gain more, um, you know, drug addicts and who keep coming back to them and giving them a stronger high, which is why we have the issue with fentanyl because fentanyl was cheap. And you could use very little to increase a high. And we've seen it laced on marijuana. We've seen it laced um, with cocaine, heroin, all the other drugs, which is why we're seeing such a huge increase in overdoses. You know, these drug suppliers, and one of the, the things is these are not you know, FDA approved chemical labs that they're creating these lethal combinations. And these are, these are not rocket scientists that are mixing these drugs together. So can you go online and see some of the drug labs throughout the country that have been busted and they're disgusting, mm-hmm. you know, and the people who are mixing these drugs, you know, are not in their right minds. So you're relying on somebody when you take any of these drugs, um, you're relying on their credibility. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on that. And the younger generation is playing Russian roulette because if there is a dealer in the parking lot at the middle school or the high school, they have 10 packs and one of them is laced with something like fentanyl or Frank, you know, they get labeled as the dealer to go to in the parking lot because, oh, he gave the super high last week to Jennifer and she was brought back by Narcam. I mean, they're looking for this deadly Russian roulette game to play and buying these um, packs. There's that that clientele. But then there's the clientele of 
the young teenager that thought they were buying um, pills to keep them up at night and they're buying them off Snapchat or social media and they're being dropped off in the front yard underneath the bushes. The kids go down, grab them during the night. Mom and dad don't even know that this transaction is going down. But those pills have the potential now of having trank in them as well. It is only going to increase the number of senseless deaths that we are going to see in America. Yes. You know, and not to mention, like I mentioned in the beginning, they don't know why trank is causing just these huge um, ulcers on people's skins and just eating away at their flesh. Now they've got these gruesome, painful wounds that they're having to deal with in multiple places on their body. And some of the cases that I watched, you know, one day there'd be nothing there. And by the next day there, there would be like wounds pussing and, you know, it's, it's just really, really terrible. Are they treatable or is it usually it get they don't go to a medical doctor until it's so bad that it's an amputee situation? The videos that I watched were primarily out of Philadelphia, which is probably one of the biggest cities that this is an issue in. And they actually have a nonprofit called Boom, and they're actually out on the streets every single day and they help dress the wounds, treat the wounds. Hmm. And then if they're more serious, they do end up, you know, having the people go to the hospital. So you can get them treated, especially, you know, in their earlier stages, we're, we're dealing with people who have an addiction issue. So they're not making the best decisions. Right. And so many of them are just waiting to, to the next high And then they forget about the wound until they come down. And then there's such excessive pain that I think it was ABC did a, did a spotlight on it. And one of the guys that they interviewed was a doctor who was treating these patients. And he said that the pain level of these patients was just off the charts. Cause you can imagine if, you know, your flesh is kind of rotting from the inside and um, especially since the fentanyl with the trank causes this weird euphoria for a moment. And then because it's a tranquilizer, you know, it just puts them into this state of being like a zombie. So you'll see many of the videos of people who have taken trank and they're standing up, but they're completely bent over and, you know, their, their hands are on the ground and they're just completely bent over and they stay that way, some of them, for hours. Mm. I don't know about you, but that hurts my back just thinking about it. <laughs> but I mean, I couldn't imagine, um, you know, these are not healthy people to begin with. They're they're um, essentially standing completely bent over for hours. It's just, it's terrible. And that's why, that's why I opened with saying it's overwhelming watching the programs that I did and then listening and, and doing some research on this. It was like, Oh man, Lord, this one is terrible. I mean, I imagine that with every single drug crisis that this country has gone through with heroin and crack cocaine, and you know, it's terrible. And we think, Oh, this is the worst, but this drug is worse than any of the others 
because of the effects that it has so quickly on the individual that takes it. Right. And and I've even heard, as you were talking about the zombie component, um, that they don't even realize that they are staggering and drooling and some will just stumble into the, the traffic. Yeah. Um, they don't even know that they're stumbling into traffic. And we've already seen in March, there was an overdose of a 35-year-old man in Santa Clara here in California. So it's already arrived here in California. Yes. Pennsylvania has, because they're waiting for the D- the DEA to um, make this a federally controlled substance, they have made it a state-controlled um, substance. So many states are handling it at the state level because the federal government is taking so long to um, adopt this as a federally controlled substance in order for them to put a task force out for it and research. So if this ever comes up to vote or to support, this needs to be a federally controlled substance. But as we know, even when it becomes a federally controlled substance, it's still going to right. take the lives of people that that are live in our communities. So, uh, yeah, it says that more than ninety percent of Philadelphia's lab tested samples, their dope tested samples, were positive for trank. I mean, for whatever reason, this particular city is the epicenter of it right now. um, As of last year in June, New York City said that 25% of their drug samples had a saturation of trank. We're seeing it spread and it's, it's been found in all states except for Wyoming and South Dakota. So I don't know what they're doing, but... Wyoming and South Dakota, no trank and fentanyl, you know, mixed this, this combination has been found. I mean, obviously they have their own drug problems, but I I think, you know, we're, we're months behind uh, Pennsylvania in, in the past with other drug addictions, we've been months behind them. Um, They are a thoroughfare for drug trafficking. um, And, you know, I remember uh, looking at a daycare center to acquire in Philadelphia when I worked at another recovery program. And I noticed little plastic bags all outside on the sidewalk of this daycare center. And I said, what, what's going on here? And they said, oh, those are nickel bags. And I said, what's a nickel bag? And they said, it's a nickel it's the size of a nickel in a little plastic bag is your heroin. And there, there must've been about 20 to 30 of these nickel bags outside this daycare center. And I'm like, this is so sad that it's right. so prevalent here. Well, yeah. and, you know, again, um, just reminding people that people who suffer with a substance abuse disorder are from all walks of life. When we tend to look at people on the streets who are high and are living on the streets, we tend to put our judgy McPherson pants on and think that, well, they 
you know, they didn't live a good life or, you know, they weren't raised right or whatever it was, but you and I both know that that's not true. You know, these people are human beings and they're somebody's baby and they're somebody loved them hopefully once in their life. And for many of them, they were raised in good homes, but Mm -hmm. maybe had some kind of an injury. We see a lot of war veterans that are suffering with substance abuse disorder. They come from a varied walk of life and they need help. And we've worked in addiction recovery for a long time and ministered on the streets and all of that. And it's overwhelming when I think about the big picture of it. When you're there with the person, it's much easier to think just of that one individual and what their life means. And I've prayed for a lot of people. We've we've helped people get into rehabs before. And you think, oh man, this is great. You know, they're gonna kick it. We had at one point one of the ladies that we ministered to on the streets. She said, I'm ready. I want to get off of it. I want to go into her rehab. She was over 60 years old. She had been on heroin over 18 years. She had two adult sons. Neither one of them were affected by drugs, but she was, she was done. And all of us, there were eight of us in this group and my, most of them, my family and friends, but we were just like, okay, what can we do? And it took us eight full grown adults we all with cell phones. It took us six and a half hours just to make connections to find, you know, we had to take her to one County so she could get her medication because the, the rehab wouldn't take her without her medications. Right. And then we had to take her to another, another County to get, you know, some other kind of verification. So the whole thing was about eight hours. And that's eight adults working completely to get this one woman into a drug rehab. So when I hear people say they just need to go to rehab or Lord forbid, I hear people say they just need to get a job. So much more complex. Right. We're well on top of that. If they don't have their Medi-Cal or their social security card Mm -hmm. with them, because most, most people in addiction, this severe that you're talking about, have lost every all their possessions. And so multiple you know, times you over. You could go many months working to get them their social security card and their medical card back before anyone will see them besides an emergency room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that happens all the time with uh the women that we work with. And that's why it takes a year to help a woman to get back on her feet. We are currently celebrating in our Brentwood campus, a woman one year off of heroin. She was five years addicted to heroin. She lost her four kids. And now today she's graduating. She's been reunited with her four kids. They live at Shepherd's Gate and they are spending their first summer together and having celebrating birthdays but we're celebrating her one year with this beautiful NA coin that Mm -hmm. has a butterfly because her life has transformed. Um, So I'm just so proud of her and she is sticking with her um, 
her NA meetings and also her relapse prevention plan. And she's got a job and she got social security cards for all her kids and Aww. herself. Cause you can't move forward in life. If, if you don't have the proper identification to be able to get medical, we're just celebrating that. And that is an overcomer because she had lost hope because she was so severely in her addiction that she's like, I'll never be able to get out of this. I will never be able to show my face to my kids. Right. I'm so glad that the Lord brought her to Shepherd's Gate and that she got a year to work on her life. You know, it'd be interesting to find out how many times she tried different programs and different things. Yeah. Um, I don't know that information. After working at Shepherd's Gate and taking down these women's stories, and I think in all my years, I counted about five or 600 stories that I've taken down from women, and they all had commonalities in them, like kind of a running theme. We usually weren't the only place that they had tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were usually two or three down, but one of the components that we had that they need and we believe everybody needs is Jesus. So to hear them come to that, some of them had even gone to other Christian rehabilitation programs, but for some reason it just wasn't their time or wasn't the right program or fit for them. And we've had women come through our program where we weren't the right fit. The majority of them that come through, know that there's something different about even the property. You know, you'll hear women and I, I've even talked to volunteers that have come through that property and been like overwhelmed by just how amazing it is. And they, you know, if they don't believe, they think that it's, you know, just this beautiful campus and there's just something very emotional for them about it. But for believers, they sense, you know, that God is there and, and he's everywhere, but that, you know, for these women, it's a safe place to, mm-hmm. to begin to trust and rebuild their lives that have been, and I've said this a million times, you know, to rebuild their shattered lives. Because truly, when you go down that road of addiction, or if you've been involved in domestic violence, there are so many broken pieces that need to kind of be put together. And so to have places like Shepherd's Gate that can come alongside people and do that. And I, you know, I was watching these people that are on Trank and my heart just bleeds. Just thinking of like, where are some of them had kids? Some of them have, you know, had had lives and and spouses at one time, but all of them had families somewhere for one woman that I heard interviewed, like she had not seen her family in about 10 years. Cause she had just been so deep in her uh, substance abuse disorder that it just completely wiped away anything. She was thousands of miles away from them. She thinks that they believe that she's dead mm-hmm. and to them, you know, that might be easier just to believe that she's dead instead of suffering on the streets with this stuff. That's why we have to, we focus on family reunification because many families have given up hope and so's the woman. And so we work hard on family reunification. And also that, uh, you know, you talk about our volunteers feel that Jesus is here on the campus. I mean, we've, helped over 14,000 women in 39 years. But every day we pray that the Holy Spirit 
um, is in our campus and is comforting the women and children and helping them through their process of healing and discovering who he is. So it's it's not uh, it's a real effort in all aspects to have Jesus be the center of our program and to help the staff, the volunteers, and the women and children that are here. It's a combination. All of us are here because we want to help save lives and introduce them to the love of Jesus because many of them feel that they are not lovable and there is no hope for their future. And that is not what God wants for their lives. Right. So we have got to, probably the most important thing that we can do is pray for those people that are suffering on the streets or privately in their homes or apartments, because this can happen to anyone, like you said, and we need to pray that they are going to find hope. Well, thanks, Jen, for putting this together and uh, bringing the facts about Trank. And hopefully people are more aware today of this uh, really important thing that's happening in our across America. If you don't know about it, I would encourage you. I'm going to leave some links in the show notes that you can brush up on it. I was wondering if you were going to share some links so people get more information. Yes, we've come to the end of another episode and we want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. And we know that uh, God has a plan and a purpose for everything. And so we thank him for you and your listening and go out there and have a great day. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, please do us a favor and hit subscribe. And then in the comment section, please feel free to share your own story of overcoming. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to next time.